0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Breaking Changes podcast. I'm your host and chief evangelist for Postman, Ken Lane. With Breaking Changes, we explore specific topics from the world of APIs, but through the lens of business and engineering leadership. Joining me today, we have April Dunham, Power Platform Advocacy Lead at Microsoft. April shared with me her frontline view of the low-code, no-code evolution that is happening right now, helping define how business users are putting APIs to work. All right, well, let's start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do, April?
1: Hey, yeah, so my name is April Dunham and I lead the Power Platform Developer Advocacy Team at Microsoft.
0: So what, is that like a, a special team dedicated to a certain line of business? What do you guys do there?
1: Yeah, so the Power Platform um, at Microsoft is our low-code platform um, for low, no-code development. So we have a suite of products Mm -hmm. uh, ranging from being able to build low-code mobile and desktop applications to um, automations and chatbots and dashboard and reporting and all of that. So I'm kind of responsible for the advocacy um, of that particular suite of tools.
0: So who are you targeting with that suite of tools? Is it developers? Is it non-developers? Or is it a mix?
1: It's, it's a mix. So, you know, one of the things that I love about uh, the power platform and and low code in general is it can really help low code developers. So business users, citizen devs, whatever you want to call them, but also your traditional developers, code first pro devs, and even IT pros. So it's kind of a little bit in there for everyone. And we advocate to all of those different audiences.
0: Is it targeting specifically? integrations and, and and automations with Microsoft products, or does it work with other products as well?
1: That's a great question. So, you know, even though it is a Microsoft product, and we obviously have integrations into all of our Microsoft services, uh, we also have integrations to over 600 different first and third-party services as well. So it's um, really the, the possibilities are endless for the, the integrations that we have in the low-code stack that we offer.
0: So we hear a lot about low-code, no-code lately, and I know there's a lot, of, a lot of promises being made about what's possible. Is it possible for non-developers and business users to actually put this to work, or is it, does it take a team to do it? Do you need a, someone who's going to help with the technical and someone who's going to help with the business? How, how does it usually work when someone's doing an implementation?
1: Well, yeah, and that, that's another great question. And I, I would say it really it varies on, you know, what you're trying to build. But um, we're definitely seeing that this whole concept of, I guess, what we're referring to as fusion development and fusion development teams um, kind of coming into play here, where, you know, if you're building enterprise-wide applications, you know, to kind of collaborate with the low-code developers, with the code-first developers and IT pros, and working together with the mix of tools. So mixing in maybe some more pro code type scenarios like um, you know React components or connectors into other APIs. And then also the low code end of things by being able to enable business users who know the process very well, to be involved in actually building the process and be involved in helping with the, the front end, the UI, the UX of, of the process and all of that. So it's really kind of like a, a team that we're seeing the fusion development teams pop up to really scale out um, some of the solutions that you build with Locote Tech. It uh,
0: really sounds like the sweet spot because developers are often really good at their job, but they when they put their blinders on, they're not really paying attention to the bigger pic- the business picture. So it sounds like kind of the sweet spot of having them working together and with the optimal business outcome as well as covering all the technical bases. So it's not just no code, I guess that's why it's called low code too. There's still potentially coding that's needed, but it seems like once you get your environment and your world set up with the APIs that you need and the services you're using, it could really empower business users to do a lot without needing too much code.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, that, that is the reason why we, we don't really call it a no-code platform, although, you know, there are some things you can do, you know, drag and drop. But, I mean, it really is low-code because we do have all these integrations into traditional code uh, mechanisms, whether it's, you know, through the APIs, through um, being able to integrate with ALM, you know, uh, GitHub and DevOps and and all that to really automate your builds and your development lifecycle. So, yeah, it's a matter of everyone working together to really build these scalable solutions and, you know, allowing the traditional developer audience really focus on what they actually want to focus on, you know, maybe some of the, the back end integration pieces, the APIs, rather than having to worry about how maybe necessarily the front end should look, right? Because um, that's something that citizen developers and business users can really help with with some of these low code tools.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's a good place for, as a developer, me, I could specialize in APIs and really be good at the adding new APIs and the API integrations. And then me as a business user, I could specialize in Connecting up workflows and doing different things that were with popular app suite, SaaS services that I could really find a, a way to specialize in that. And I really like the fusion development. I actually had, that's a new phrase to me. I think I like that better than low code, no code, because I find low code, no code to be a mouthful. And uh, <laughs> fusion development yeah. sounds, I think, a little bit more at what we're trying to get at and and make happen when it comes to developer relations, what do you do? How do you get people's attention as part of this? Like, what are the tools, the the tricks? What, do you, what are you out there doing each day to get people's attention and get them engaged, not just get their attention, but actually get them using it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so it's uh, kind of one of the best jobs in the world, I think, being in developer relations. And, you know, it's a lot of just general engagement with the community, whether it's, you know, through different user groups, you know, social media, just – Chatting with them, figuring out, like, what solutions are they trying to build? You know, what uh, problems are they seeing and, you know, that need to be addressed? And then it's a lot of video. I have an active YouTube channel. We do a lot of video through our, you know, Microsoft channels as well. So it's a lot of getting the message out through, you know, demos, real life use cases, showing people what you can actually do with low code, no code. And what are some, you know, use cases of this fusion development in action? And what are other companies building? What are some ideas, you know, just to get the gears rolling in your head of what you can do with it and the power and, you know, making sure that we have the documentation once they want to start building to back it up too. So that's typically what we do on a day to day basis here.
0: Yeah, I love, I love, I have kind of, I don't know if I called it ADD. I don't want to get clinical on it, but like, I'm, Ooh, new thing. Ooh, new thing. I really like, that's why I like APIs because uh, you get to do a lot of different things. And I like evangelism and advocacy because you get to focus on different problems and help people solve things. And, and you can do a mix of, of things each week. I mean, I could be doing healthcare one week. I could be doing environmental data, another, you know, and it's, I just find it, it, it keeps me interesting. And with the podcast, I get to talk to folks like you. We just did one that was on UX and DX and, and trying to, uh, you know, make, make our apps and our APIs as, as, easy to use as possible. So I like, I like that diversity of it. Is there a, is there a, what does the feedback loop look like? Like, how do you, I mean, you, you watch social media channels? Do you talk to Microsoft customers? Like, how do you get your ideas and, and keep it grounded in, in the problems people are facing?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of, you know, social media. It's a lot of talking to some of the customers, um, you know, that are building these big solutions on the platform. Um, lots of, you know, hackathons are a great way to to, to kind of get that real feedback of people that might not have used the platform before, going through exercises, trying to build something, and um, identifying any, you know, pain points or, or opportunities for improvement there. So it's a it's a lot of that. And then, yeah, I'm having regular syncs with uh, engineering and everything to, to make sure that that feedback is is being heard and um you know making its way um into the product if need be
0: and how do apis make their way into this i mean do you guys go out and find new apis or usually someone's like hey i need to i need to integrate with notion or something like that they'll bring the api to you or do you guys go out and find new api integrations ahead of time
1: It's a little bit of both, yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we have that we rely on is our Power Users Forum. So we have a whole ideas section on there where, you know, lots of people can request, like, I would love to be able to integrate with uh, this particular API, and we kind of monitor that and, helps um, move up in the priority list. And so, you know, companies themselves that own the API um, can build APIs and we can get those in product. But another avenue that we recently uh, released and are exploring is what we're calling the Independent Publisher Connector Program. And this is really giving the community itself an opportunity to build their own connectors to various APIs and and get those inside of the product and, and verified.
0: Oh, yeah, I can see a huge opportunity Mm -hmm. around that as a small, I mean, as a small API provider, I do one or two things really well, and this would open up a whole new marketplace of possibilities for me to be able to, to plug those into, to a, a whole world of people looking to, to put that to work. So, yeah, I can see that being pretty valuable. Is there any sort of analytics, visibility, observability to this? So we build out these workflows and connections. How do I see what's happening when those 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 are actually working
1: yeah, I mean that's one of the things with uh, the Power Platform that, that we offer is um, lots of built-in analytics through um, the Admin Center, so you can see um, how often a particular connector is is being used and integrations into an API, and um, you know what what kind of scenarios are being used in. Like, what's the most common trigger for that? Um, you know, is it when uh, something is is added to, like say, like a, a file repository, whatever it might be, and then also what subsequent actions um, to that API are being used the most. And of course troubleshooting any errors that might pop up as well. So we do have lots of good analytics built right in, um, and insights to be able to kind of troubleshoot and identify uh, the usage of those.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause that's, I mean, you don't just integrate with an API and then it's done, it's yep. things change, things evolve, things break, you have issues. So being able to see that and then respond to it is I think pretty key. So. As I mean, I feel like tools like what what you represent here are are going to augment us. It's kind of the exoskeleton for for the business user in a virtual sense. Provide us with all these things that we can do. We can automate to to improve what we do on a daily basis and actually make it uh, make us more effective in our jobs. Um, do more with less. All the things that our, our bosses want want to see from us. Um, one thing that's really being applied to to do that is is artificial intelligence and machine learning, do you you guys have any sort of AI or ML layers built in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a big area that we're really focusing on. So we have baked into the whole Power Platform stack, something called AI Builder. So it's basically taking kind of a subset of some prebuilt AI models where you can just plug and play. So you can drag and drop, train your model without having to do anything else. We've recently announced integration with Loeb as well to be able to, to pull in some of your models from there. So things like, you know, being able to do forms detection, being able to upload an invoice and have it automatically extract some of the data from that invoice and train the model that way. Things like object detection and predictive text analysis and all these different pre-built models that we have baked in um, with AI. And then, you know, we talk about it's uh, low code and then being able to have have a fusion development approach, we have the ability to extend that as well. So being able to say, have a traditional developer come in and integrate with cognitive services. If there's something outside the scope of what we offer in uh, AI Builder, where that's kind of more plug and play that you need to do, well, we can always integrate that and extend that with some of those technologies.
0: Yeah, I like that because I've done some I've done quite a few projects with machine learning and it's not easy to get set up and it's not easy to yeah. deal with the, the GPUs, all the D technical details. And I could see, I mean, I feel like that's how we're going to get to the next level, cause there's just not enough ML developers out there. We need that platform enablement. I would say to help make it easier, reduce the friction when it comes to applying these training, them, um, and then there's just so many opportunities to start applying them as, mm-hmm. as. They're easier to use like that. So one of the areas when it comes to low code, no code or or fusion development that I'm seeing the biggest opportunity around is this COVID reality we live in, but also (laughs) I would say this remote first reality that's is going to be just pretty much the default now. And so What are examples of using the platform that you say you've seen being applied either as part of the covid reality or or just this remote first reality that that we find ourselves in?
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's there's so many things to unpack there. Right. Um, You know, with with low code, no code, one of the things we're trying to figure out is how do we handle. Um, especially early on, like how many people are coming down with COVID? How do we manage shutting down an office and then returning to work, right? So um, we actually saw uh, quite a big increase in adoption of the Power Platform during this time because people quickly needed to set up some kind of solution. Like there wasn't out-of-the-box solutions there for handling a pandemic, right? I mean, that's just something that wasn't really a thing until it became a thing, and we needed it uh, pretty quick. So... you mentioned earlier there's not enough ai ml developers well i mean there's just not enough developers in general you know, right we're seeing a a big gap in needing more developers to be able to meet the demand especially since the pandemic so that's where low-code tech like the power platform really had a chance to shine because you're able to quickly stand up a solution to say track how many people in your organization have COVID to be able to have them do health attestations if they want to get into the office? Um, to be able to do things like being able to go reserve a desk so you can have social distancing and stuff. So all these solutions um, able to be built really fast uh, and efficiently using Loco Tech and those Fusion Dev approaches. And in fact, a lot of the the vaccine portals that you saw were, were built using uh, Power Apps portals. Um, so it's our kind of web product that we offer for the power platform and and low-code development. So a lot of innovation and um, usage of low-code tech came out of the whole pandemic, for sure.
0: Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's interesting. I I heard you mention, you know, that several times now, so this isn't just low-code integrations and moving data around and syncing. This is actually, publishing and presenting portals and and single page applications and making it interactive widgets different things like that this is actually presentation and and user interface as well
1: yeah exactly i mean you know with uh with the power platform we have so many tools so you know whether you're needing to build internal applications for, for your company, but then, yeah, the public-facing element of it with Power Apps portals, with Power BI, a lot of the dashboards you saw during the pandemic as well, you know, like COVID cases and in the area were Power BI dashboards, um, right, for data and analytics. So, yeah, there's um, any solution you're trying to build, you know, there's, there's a low-code way to accomplish it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the, I mean, the low-code aspect. I've been dreading I mean I'm a web developer for, for a lot of years, web applications, but really dreading having to learn React. I really um don't <laughs> want to go there. I would rather have a platform enable me and help me figure it out so I don't actually have to do it. But I feel like there's a lot of industry opportunities because one of the I did a lot of studying of the Salesforce ecosystem. It was one of the original, I think twenty ten to twenty fifteen where I was studying Like, what is this API thing that's happening? And I studied from 2000 on, and there was a lot of pro users in the Salesforce API ecosystem that were not developers, but they knew their business domain, and they weren't afraid of technology. So it feels like this is kind of the next generation of that reality. Where do people go if if you want to, like, step up and be one of these new type of of developers, because I feel like you mentioned it, you, you hit it really well. There's only so many developers, there's like 40 million to 50 million developers in the world, and that's just not enough. And I feel like if we're going to get to that next level, we got to enable these folks, so where do, how do they get plugged in? How do they figure it all out?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, I think we're trying to, I mean, that's something that we really need to tackle, right? I mean, there's not enough developers and even if, I mean, we can't just expect everyone you know in school to want to become a developer right so how do we advocate and let people know that there's avenues where you can build solutions and get into tech with maybe not having to go down the traditional route of learning programming language getting a cs degree right um, so i think it's something that we need to do early on and do some outreach in uh, middle school high school and let people know that this is something low-code technology that you can make a career out of you don't have to go the traditional programming route. you can build Really robust, complex solutions. There's a, there's a place for you there. I mean, in Power Platform alone, you know, on my team, one of the things that we track is the job opportunities that are out there. So we just kind of monitor LinkedIn and see the new opportunities where people are looking for Power Platform developers. I mean, that's something that didn't exist five years ago. You didn't see job opportunities for a Power Platform developer. So we kind of we're seeing new and emerging jobs become a thing because of low code technologies. So I think it's just important just to get the message out that this is an area that's growing and is going to become even more important as time goes on because you know we, we have to be able to meet the app demand. Um, low code is a way to do it. And this is a, a valid career path that you can really be successful and creative in.
0: Cool, I appreciate your time today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun to chat.
0: Thanks, April. <laughs> Thanks again to April for stopping by. For more from April, you can find her on SharePointSiren.com and Microsoft's Power Platform at PowerPlatform.Microsoft.com. You can subscribe to the Breaking Changes podcast at Postman.com slash events slash breaking dash changes. I'm your host, Ken Lane, and until next time, cheers.